0: You're listening to Reminisce the Empowered Podcast, where we educate, innovate, and empower community. This is your host, Ryan, and we have very special guests on the call tonight to discuss teaching during the coronavirus. This is part two of this discussion. So let's begin by learning a little bit about our guests. So we have Ms. Smith on the line. Miss Smith, can you share with us how you show up in the education world? Sure. Um, my name is Tavisha Smith.
1: I live in North Carolina. I've taught grades fifth and 6. Currently, I teach math intervention for grades 3 through 5. Um, and I also am a, um adjunct professor at a local university here as well, so I teach beginning teachers um, that want to be educators as well. Um, and I've been teaching for about eight years now.
0: Welcome. Mr. James? Thank you.
2: Hey, how's it going? You know, uh, I live in Philadelphia. I've taught grades from grade 6 to 12 in the last nine years. I'm uh, Right now I teach sixth grade. I teach uh, English and social studies. Um, and I do an after-school program with Temple University for uh, students to want to go into the medical field or go to Temple University later on. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. and I'm kind of enjoying the break, but I kind of still miss... Uh, teacher.
0: Right. Thank you for joining this discussion. Ms. Halstead?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Hi. My name is um, Dr. Melissa Halstead, and I have been an educator for 19 years. I have taught high school for 15. I taught online for about four to six years. And right now, um, I also taught college for four years, and now I teach uh, middle school in the urban core. I teach seventh grade science. Thank you. And Miss William.
4: Hi. Um, I am Tiffany Williams Game and um, I'm in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, when I was teaching, I taught grades Uh, K through two, so the little ones. Um, I've been in education maybe 19 to 20 years now. I currently work as a director of academics at an independent school here in Atlanta. I also work um, outside of school as an academic life coach where I help students and families develop a more organized approach to homework and school, so really supporting their executive function um, and organization at home.
0: All right. Thank you guys for coming. Um you can see that we have a wealth of knowledge on this call today and I'm looking forward to getting your insight on how we can support our community during these perilous times. So, how did you have a opportunity if you did have opportunity to prepare your students for this transition? And you can just um, speak in-
1: uh, well, I would say, um, this is um, Tanisha Smith speaking, um, I would say everything happened so fast. We know initially, you know, rumors here and there. Students were asking questions. I teach grades three through five, so they don't really know um, per se um, all the details, but they asked questions here and there. And I remember last Friday we were, like, prepping. It's almost like you're prepping to not return, but it wasn't official, so you know, just you know, just trying to just, I think like a day by day thing. Like me and my other, um, uh, my other colleagues, been talking about. It's really day by day, and that's how it started for me last week.
2: This is uh, Mr. James. Well, for me, we we found out uh, when we were home um, last Friday that we we wasn't coming back. They didn't really give us a time. We said we don't got to school tomorrow, Friday. So we, did, I, I did not prepare at all because the first I heard about it was, like, the end of the day on Thursday. and But I just thought, okay, we don't got school tomorrow. They didn't say we're not going to have school Monday because they closed about 48 of schools in Philadelphia. The rest of the schools were still open. Uh, but then that Monday they said the school was out for two weeks. So I didn't prepare anything. I, I didn't give my kids any work. You know, we we didn't have anything. I, I didn't think I was not going to see them the next day. So, yeah, I wasn't prepared at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: For um, me, this is Dr. Halsa, so this is Melissa. Um, I teach in um, Kansas, and the Kansas governor just this past Sunday has stated that all schools must close until the end of the school year. So when we – this is our spring break this week. And so we were going into the whole experience of we were going to come back after spring break. So our school district did not prepare for an online approach with our students. One thing that I am very impressed with our school district is that as soon as she rolled out that component on Sunday, Wednesday, they had a very, it was a televised live board meeting and they were kicking around ideas. What was amazing about it is that they were very proactive. They were coming up with solutions, which makes me excited because of my experience in the online arena. Uh, We are now going to be going fully online. I have a plan to welcome my students to ease their fears, have a frequently asked questions section in in the online classroom. So I really like how they're going to be training us, uh, not next week, but the week after next because they're still pulling together the technology. So we have really rose to the occasion, and it just makes me so excited and impressed and thankful that all of the amazing educators in our district, and not just our district, but as a nation, how we are rising to this unexpected turn of events and we're rocking it
4: this is Tiffany and similar to Melissa um, we knew a little bit ahead of time that um, something was was happening and that it would be happening I'm at a a private school so we were looking at what school systems were doing um, in the metro Atlanta area And um, we began to put, uh, start looking at, like, in case we do have a school um, closure, what type of work could we continue with our our students at home? So um, I supervise. We have three division principals. And so those principals began to look at what that may look like for high school, middle grades, and elementary school. But by Thursday, our governor had announced that – they recommend that all schools close. And so we went ahead with that recommendation, um, like the local school systems. Um, On Friday, our kids still came back to school on Friday and teachers began working with them with the technology that they have, like how to use Google Hangouts and how to use Zoom um, and kind of making sure that they had an understanding of what might be expected of them. And then we worked all this past weekend, the principals and I, and then the head of school and assistant head of school on a parent guide for online learning and online learning tech resources for the teachers. And the teachers and students all started Monday of this week with um, virtual classes. And I teach high
0: school in Maryland in Prince George's County. And we really didn't have a lot of notice, but when the governor said that it was time to close schools, he gave us one day to go into the building. So on that day, students and teachers showed up, and about half of my students um, came for each class, and I was able to give them the novels that we were reading and give them all the graphic organizers that they had because they said that, you know we can't require mm-hmm. online learning from them, so I try to give as much paper um, as I could. And then since I've been home, I have um, called all the families and I sent up three Zoom meetings. Actually, today I held them today um, with the students. So I am kind of in the same boat as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's an interesting transition. And with this yeah. transition, um, I'm wondering, you know, how are our plans impacting the students who are at an economic disadvantage? Mm-hmm. And that's what comes to mind um, first. Anybody have any thoughts about that? What is your system doing to support kids with economic disadvantages?
1: Well, this is Ms. Smith. Um, speaking. Um, I work at a school that um, serves students, a population that does not have the capabilities of most of them don't have internet or devices to use. Um, right now, and I kind of can relate, Ryan, to what you were saying earlier, my district hasn't really mandated that online learning take place. However, teachers are being creative through different like uh, websites and they have classroom pages, and they have like seesaw, Google Classroom, things like that, that the students know how to use. And if and we're just saying, if students are able to access it, great. But it's not like a penalized thing if they can't right now at the moment. And we're really just taking it like day by day basis, we get updates from our principal and other school leaders that you know just give us reassurance day by day of what the next steps may look like, because this is something new. I know. We've had other like weather crises and things like that, but this is something totally different. And I think school districts are just trying to, you know, figure it out. And I think I've I've heard, you know, just looking online at other um, institutions and places, it's kind of hard when students don't have, you know, the technology or internet, and they can't control that. So I think school districts are trying to look at alternate ways of you know, making sure work is being done, but but not putting new work on students, not holding them, you know, accountable because they can't help that they don't have the necessary technology resources that they need. Hi,
0: this is Melissa. Um,
3: To to echo what you were just saying about the disadvantaged community, one of the things that um, is very similar, you know, we have – 95% 95% of our students are on free lunches, and our community came together and came up with the solution to work with the the internet companies, and the internet companies are like, you know, we are going to provide hot spots within the area to where students cannot con- congregate, but they can have access to internet. Every one of our students in our school district, we just got brand new Chromebooks. The students are very excited about them. We've only used them for about three weeks. So they are coming up with a, a solution on how to get them into the hands of the students. They're still working with the logistics. But one of the things that has me excited as an educator and that makes me feel really good and that I would like, you know, for our community to get excited is the fact that we are doing curbside breakfast and lunch because a lot of these kids do not eat at home.
4: Mm -hmm. And And at that
3: time they're going to be able to pick up their laptops and then we're going to train, well they're going to train the teachers and then I know it's going to be a learning curve for them on how to learn online. But a lot of, I think we underestimate our students because there's so many of my students that can dance circles around me in terms of technology and how to navigate it, so I'm excited for two worlds to come together in that mhm
0: i definitely this is um Ryan, I definitely agree with that during the um English eleven class that I had on Zoom today, one of my students said, "Miss Reed, I can focus so much better on this online class than I ever could in class, and you know." And we, I think even though it sounds scary, a lot of scary things are going on, for them, this is, like you said, their worlds are colliding. So we're kind of catching up to how they think and how they interact in the world mm-hmm. by now being forced to do more virtual experiences.
4: This is um, Tiffany, and I think that a lot of times people assume um that because students are in a private school um, that they don't have economic um, disadvantages, but we do have uh, several students on scholarship. And we really had our counselors calling and reaching out to those families, trying to figure out what supplies they need. Um, All kids receive a device at our school, but they may not have access to internet and they're sharing those free Internet resources and things that they may qualify for um, for them. And also sharing our local school systems do um, pick up for uh, breakfast and lunch, and so letting them know, like, where those areas for um, the pickups for food is um, in their area. So, um, I, w- I can speak to that, too. Um,
1: this is Tadisha Smith. Um, my, school, this, my school is actually a site, so I've been volunteering this week to help um, the families that come through we even know I could drive through pick up breakfast and lunch for Monday through Friday. So I've been helping with that as well. And um, I'm hoping that in the you know when the days come that we can see um, what it looks like, can students get devices or how would that look and 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 also to take that with what you all were saying that I feel as though yes, the students know exactly how to use it. they're they are amazing when it comes to to technology. I think it's just a matter. Of of them having devices to use like laptops or either desktops or something because a lot of sometimes I, I think iPads are great. I love iPads too. But um, sometimes it works better if you have like the laptop itself for certain for certain software. It just depends on what you're trying to use.
0: Mr. James, how have you been able to engage your students who are academically Disadvantage, considering the fact that you didn't really have an opportunity to engage with them in person at all?
2: Well, I, I'm in constant contact with uh, a lot of them. i got really good relationships with my students. And, uh, and everything is changing like every other day. So they, just, I guess the school district put out that teachers are not allowed to do extra teaching, like i uh, got some online thing. You're not allowed to do it because it a, 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 a plays into the inequity that some kids can't log on and some kids can't get information. But what I told my students I would do, I would go live on my, you know, on my Instagram page that I have for my class, and we would just do constant reviews of the stuff that I gave them already. You know, they could take notes. Because we do that during the year. Sometimes I would go review stuff on my Instagram live, like 7 o'clock at night from class. And if, you, like, if you don't remember something from class, you could just come on there and we would review like. 30 minutes, but you missed it. We got any questions, you can write it and I address it. Um, that's what we're doing right now. Right now, they got a site like they, where they get their breakfast from and their lunch. They can pick up packets also, um, like educational packets for different grades, whether it's math, uh, you know, science, English. And that's how we've been helping right now. But I think it's up to the particular teacher. Like I'm like invested. so. Yeah, I get a lot of phone calls. But uh, kids live in different areas. So what I can direct them to is, like, the nearest school that, that has been designated a site near our school where they can get their food and their educational package. Because um, I'm, like, hands-on. You know, I, I'm really, like, kind of new. I'm not really good with any technology. I'm good with it, but not, like, I don't teach from it. I'm, I'm good, like, in the classroom, putting them in groups and doing a whole, group, whole group teaching and going back and forth. So I'm, like, kind of out the loop with that right now because, you know, many of my kids don't have access. They have phones, but a lot of the phones are, aren't compatible with some of the programs like I already that we use in the classroom and other programs. So uh, that's what we've been doing so far. But it's like a day-to-day thing. It's just forever changing. You know, a site may change or, you know, they may give the packets on one day and not the next day. So it depends. Mm.
3: So how have
0: you been able to support your students in their social, emotional well-being during this
2: time? Well, well, I I could piggyback on that. I think emotionally they're fine. You know, when I'm talking to them, you know, I realized what today just came out, today that we're not taking our state tests. I know you won't get to that question in a few, but we're not taking our state tests, and my students are disappointed um, because they wanted to take it, you know, and I've been telling them that – Ever since the beginning of the year, we're going to prove a lot of people wrong because they think the zip code that we live in and that we're a Title One school and it's considered hood that we, you know, people are doubting us. So I've been putting that in their head since day one. Every week, like, we're going to prove everybody wrong. We're going to prove to ourselves that we can do. So the kids, the one girl said, uh, you told all that, us all that for nothing. I said, no, it's not for nothing. It's still a skill that you learn, skills that you learn that you're going to take with for life and when you get to high school. But they you know, that's the only thing I think they're down about is that they're not around their friends, and part of it, they can't take that state. So they can't prove that they, they learned a lot this year. But overall, when I talk to them, nobody seems to be, like, stressed out from so anything. When I talk to the parents, they just saying there's a lot that kids are home all day, but they don't seem to be stressed out. I didn't hear that from none of the parents or the kids yet. So, But, this is again, this is the third, this is our third day or our fourth right. day, so it depends on how long it's going to be. And then think that if it it lasts more than a couple weeks, I think that really people are going to start getting cabin fever. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm ready to go back to school.
4: Does anybody else have any uh, thoughts on that? This is Tiffany. Um, I think I mentioned for us that our counselors are very involved. um, And particularly for the younger students, where, you know, they just started to understand that this is school and this is what school is about, and then to not be able to be with their friends um, or see their friends um, and have little what they call play dates um, it has been difficult for primary um, kids. And so they have access to the counselor. The counselor does a social hour um, on Zoom for those students who want to call in, and I know that a lot of teachers, after the lesson, they'll let the kids stay on with them there, and they'll, you know, get a chance to talk to each other and show their pets online. Um, The older kids are doing more of their own connecting, like they're older, they're hanging out, they're playing the game um, with each other, so it's more the younger kids who I see are having a harder time with the social distancing
3: Hi, this is Dr. Halstead. One of the things that I like that you have mentioned, um, I'm going to uh, absorb that, is the social hours. Because with middle school kids, I think it's it's a challenge as well, you know, for for every grade because social is such a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because they're learning about social dynamics, they're learning about how relationships work. They're learning how to behave in the classroom, you know, different roles at at any different time in the school day. One of the things that I did when I worked exclusively online that you can tell if there's something really bothering the student is through assignments and inviting them to have actual conversations with you through camera. And you know, if you don't want it to always be school-focused, as much as I want my students to focus entirely on science and I want their world to be all science because I want many scientists running around all over the world, I realize that that's not a real situation. And I think for parents to understand that it, it, it's a new learning curve and that we are going to have... Um, opportunity to really pay attention to their their child and just groups of children in a more specific and more high-touch way than we would if we had 30 students in one classroom or 35 or 40 depending on our school district. So I I have some plans in place and my hope is that the students that are in a disadvantaged community really reap the benefits of this new way of teaching something that they haven't really fully experienced before. If they have, that's great. But if they haven't, it, I think it kind of melts away the obvious disadvantages in terms of uh, the way they learn socioeconomic classes, everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this all turns out.
0: Yeah, and um, this is Ryan. And when I had my seniors meet today, um, I know that they were really bummed, and they were. At, and I had them do some like visualization of like seeing themselves walking across the stage. You know, I was like, you know, this is what you guys have been working for for your whole life. I know that you're gonna get there, and I played the poppin' circumstance music for them. And, you know, they were smiling and they were happy, but then they were like, well, what if it doesn't happen? What if we don't get to walk across the stage? And I was like, well, you know, we'll be right back here on this video chat, and next time I'll just read your names out loud. (laughs) So that, that made them smile a little bit. You know, it's a little bit different from what they imagined for themselves. But, you know, just keep the faith and keep focused on learning. Because that's what it's really about—being a lifelong learner.
1: And Ryan, I'll um, I'll attest to that too. Um, I, even though I don't—I've never taught high school, but I have thought a lot about about high school students in this. I I've thought about all students, but but more so high school students. I think for them, we as a as teacher, I, I call it like the whole teacher nation. We kind of kind of have to wrap our, our arms around them a little more tighter because it's a different situation than what they're used to. Um, mm-hmm. and we know as students, we know, as kids, kids are just kids. They grow up and, you know, we think that life just happens. It's going to all, you know, everything comes together, but we know as adults that that does not always happen. And I think this sudden situation, I, I think a lot about the seniors. I've never taught high school. Maybe one day I will, who knows? Um, but I just really have been thinking about a lot about the seniors and those, those students who have had these, you know, memories and, because this is a this is a post like a, a good year. You know, your senior year, think about your senior year in high school. All the things you did, the plans you have with your friends, it's like you're making memories. So it is I'm glad you said that. And and I saw that on Twitter today too that you did that. So thank you for that. It just makes me I think about them a lot. I don't teach high school but I do think about seniors a
0: lot and I have those conversations with other colleagues. Mhm. Yeah, I definitely think that we all need to work together to support them. Um, in this journey of mm-hmm. life, because they're experiencing something that like we have never experienced. Right. You know, even even the college students. I think about them, my right. friends, and I was like, they're not gonna get the experience that we had to, you know, sleep in and <laughs> right get up and and do schoolwork and go to parties and laugh and drive who wherever. Well, you don't even know where you're driving.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And I think you're
1: sometimes so sorry, people, Right. And I think sometimes people don't look at that. We always focus on the academics, but you know, as a you know, as a well rounded person, you have to have a balance of everything and that's part of life. Mm,
0: definitely. So, um now a little bit more, I guess. Well, where we get our high stress from is like grade retention and state tests. So, um, what is your area doing regarding state testing, and if they talked about grade retention, and where do you think we should go next?
4: This is Tiffany. Um, our local school systems are won't be giving the state tests. Um, And I don't, um, I mean, I still have friends. I worked in a public school um, before going to private, um, but I don't know much about what they're saying about grade retention on their end from the private school. um, And we don't do any testing um, except for what's required, which would be uh, SAT, ACT, um, some PSAT. Um, And I know that there are kids who were um, planning to take, like, PSAT 8-9, but the kids are kind of getting back their ACT scores most recently. Um, So that's not something that, um, like, our school in itself is that concerned about. Um, We have talked a bit about grade retention for kids who were um, having trouble um, before school stopped. Um, And really, we're asking the teachers to do more of the one-on-one support via Zoom, and we'll revisit that um, later in time. I know that's a a different answer than than most. Um, This is Tadesha
1: Smith. Um, Right now, I haven't heard anything about the state testing approach. Nothing official has come out, to my knowledge. Um, and as far as grade retention, I teach the littles, so it's pretty much, you know, we're just, you know, taking it day by day, and um, it's pretty much like it's pretty much has been a day-by-day thing. I can attest to what Mr. James was talking about earlier. Um, it's pretty much whatever today is, we get a, we an update, they have meetings. I know they're constantly meeting. So as, as of right now, I haven't heard anything about
3: um, state testing. This is Dr. Halstead. Um, today, I mean, about about an hour ago, I, I got a message from our team lead about what's going to be happening in subsequent days. It's a 76-page document. I have not had a chance to read that, but they do talk about what's going to happen as far as attendance. I do know that the governor of Kansas stated that all compulsory education rules as far as attendance is now negligible, meaning that it's not it's not an issue, it's not going to be something on the table. So that gives a, a lot of breathing room for, you know, parents across Kansas that are just trying to figure out, you know, this whole online transition. But it, it goes back to what's been echoed, and, you know, twice as far as it is. It's just a day-by-day, day. and I think that just having that patience as much, as it, it's hard, I, I'm not going to lie, it, it's hard having things just consistently shift, but we're teachers, and we have faced adversity in our classrooms and, and just, you know, administration, this and that and the other. So it is, it's just a day-by-day, day. I'm curious to see what they will do.
2: And I, I agree with you, I, I think that teachers deal with, you know, throughout the year I've been dealing with so much people getting kids getting pushed in my classroom missing the prep so every day was always like you know you expect whatever you're dealing with you got people coming to the building the superintendent so there's so many different things but this is just a different challenge that you got to deal with and I think it was a disappointing for me that we found out like almost two hours ago that they, they stopped the state testing it was probably around 4.30 east coast time, or three hours ago um, and and I was, like, disappointed because we, we were really – and many of my kids in 6th grade and 7th grade, that's how they get into their high schools here. They they got they got to take a state pass, the PFSA. And high schools look at that now. They look at that. They they weigh it kind of heavily. And, you know, attendance also and your normal grades. So I don't know what they, they – they judge it off of a 7th grade. So my 6th grade that I had last year, they're in 7th now. So I don't know if they're going to judge them by their grades they had in 6th grade because – you, apply, you start the applications to high school in eighth grade around October. And we don't take our state test till April, May. So a lot of eighth graders now, they know what high school they're going to but they already applied in the fall. So I don't know how they're going to um, mitigate that. But, uh, you know, I know that my kids worked their butt off. They wanted to prove it. So I was a little disappointed that uh, they don't get a chance to prove it this year. So, But every, like you said, everything is – changing every 24 to 48 hours so I am um, i don't know if I asked but I, I don't want to be out the rest of the day. I know Kansas y'all out for the rest y'all go back to September I guess I don't want to you know I want to at least finish out the year strong and you know talk to my students for the summer but like I say I don't know we're, we don't know where we're yet in this epidemic right now um, in the beginning of within the end of March so we'll see
0: And in Maryland, they haven't given um, word to us on what they're going to do around testing. Um, They have shared with us that our SLOs um, are not going to count, or actually they're extending the deadline, but they're probably going to extend the school year too. So (laughs) we're, we're in the same boat. We're just going with the punches And I think that is something that is important, important skill that we've learned as educators to be resilient, regardless Mm -hmm. of what's going on. And I think that's also something that we instill in our students just from modeling. So that's probably why, um, you know, they might be responding better than their parents even (laughs) because they have an opportunity to interact with us on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, um, what have you been doing to take care of yourself during this time, either personally or through professional growth? Um, this is Tadisha Smith.
1: Um, this and and I hate to, I'm trying to word this, but. We know as teachers, as educators, I'm sure you all, we all wear different hats. I wear many hats outside of, outside of the classroom and inside the classroom, my building and, and outside too. This this kind of like slow down moment, I've been calling it a slow down moment for my life kind of. Maybe it was something I didn't know that I needed, but I guess I did need it because I'm able to kind of take a deep breath a little bit and kind of get more organized somewhat um, from a personal standpoint and just look at all the different areas of which I do serve, volunteer, and do certain things with education and, and you know, work with other um, in other areas of education as well. So it's given me that type of personal time to, you know, relax, kind of like take a deep breath a little bit, step back and say, okay, so I have a little bit more, since I'm working from home, I have a little bit more room to, you know, I can get, you know, this done, that done. Because sometimes on a day-to-day basis, I can't get it all done because you know I'm, you know, I'm going eight hours or more. Sometimes ten hours at school. It just depends on the day of the week, and we all understand that. Um, and I say from a professional standpoint, I'm able to do more webinars. Um, I find myself today doing a lot more professional developments that I want to take part of that were online. I was not able to do before, so it's given me a, a lot of leeway to get some things from the professional standpoint and from the um, personal standpoint, so I'm able to network with a little bit more people better now that I have this, you know, so I'm using this time very wisely um, in between, you know, putting, putting stuff on Google Classroom for my students, but also using this time, too, to reflect and and look at things I need to do for myself also.
3: This is, T- this is Dr. Halstead. Um, this, this school year... Well, I'll be completely transparent, has been extremely tough. Our district decided to do a pilot where they removed all direct education for the SPED kids. While it was good in theory, the director of SPED stepped down three days after they rolled this program out. So there was no training. Um, they put twenty two Fed kids in one classroom of mine with five high achieving students. And then my other class is twenty one Fed kids mixed together with just the you know, just average based on the test scores. All these kids are incredible, but it's just very challenging to not have any training in that. So, um With the (laughs) self-care, it's been challenging. It's been, you know, taking walks. It's been really disconnecting myself when I leave work. It's not always easy. So what I decided to do is just take this opportunity of of moving online to even out the playing field for everyone. So I'm optimistic with that. But I have still been doing a lot of self-care, you know, hydrating Trying to think a positive mindset and really diving into differentiated education in its truest form and how I can do that online.
4: This is Tiffany. Um, I don't feel like um, my my day has changed really because we're still um, working all day um, with classes running all day, just like a online academy. Um, but I find time to, like, take the walks. It's nice with of traffic. It is nice not to have to commute an hour to and from um, work every day and actually spend time um, in the morning with my son. Um, but I... I have been encouraging my teachers to like, step away from the device when, you don't, when you're not teaching some, go for a walk, eat, hydrate, um, all of those things that when you're at home, you begin not to um, take care of yourself as much, um, and then making sure that after 4 o'clock, like, no one's really trying to connect with other people, but that we respect each other's time after work hours.
0: okay and um this is Ryan one thing that i have been doing to take care of my personal health is um watching youtube fitness videos because they usually are very guided and i don't have to go to the gym in order to um you know take care of my health and then i've been looking at like natural products like sea moss and black cumin seed oil and just taking vitamin C as well to care for my body during this time. And then for my professional growth, um, it's really been just interacting with people um, on Twitter. I think that Twitter is, like, one of the greatest resources for teachers if you don't go down a rabbit hole. So um, one thing that I'm going to do is listen to a peer deck, webinar that was just shared, and I'm also – there's one more thing. Yeah, I participated in um, the Be More Ed Chat um, that goes on on Twitter. So, usually, Be More Ed Chat happens on Wednesday nights around 9 p.m. Eastern time, but they have been um, spreading their questions out throughout the day, so you don't have to, you know, stay long periods of time engaged in the social media. So that's how I'm engaging in my personal, professional growth. So um, I'm just going to end this conversation by having everybody go around and just give one piece of advice to either um, an educator, a parent, or a student and how they can continue to thrive during this time. Now we can start with Ms. Smith, Mr. James, Doctor Hall said and Miss Williams. That's how we'll go. Okay.
1: Um, this this and Miss Smith, I would just say we're in this together. Um, be resilient, stay positive, and also um, we're in this together. That's pretty much we're just in this together. Everyone's trying to figure out one day at a time and that's all we can do is just say one day at a time.
2: I agree. I, I think the uh the news off. Uh, I think the news is like I had to stop watching it after a while because it's like they thriving on it. Um, and I'm in the market and I'm talking to people. People, you know, will like, feel okay, but I know with with my students, you know, I'm really positive with them. And you know, I tell them I miss being in class or all the lot ins we do in the homeroom and how we things that we do in class. Um, cause, you know, when you're in school, that that's a part of your family. You you around uh, the kids. Just as much or more than you are sometimes around your own family. Um, so I do believe that you know we stick together. We, we do more things like this. We talk to other educators and you know stay in contact with our children and their and their families and make sure they're doing okay. And you know taking time out, like Ryan said, to uh, you know work out. I've been working out the last few days. You know and just getting some rest and then trying to stay positive. I don't think we'll we'll be okay. This will be over. Be back in the question before you know it. Besides, uh, you in Missouri, you, you, September you got a long break.
3: I think um, I echo what everyone has said so far. I I just got chill. That's that's amazing, and this is what I love about being a teacher. it's is just the power of what we truly believe in, and we walk it. One of the things that I would recommend for parents people in the community, um, stakeholders, businesses, teachers, students, is to be the example, be the example of what we want it to look like because this is literally almost a blank slate where we can utilize the community, we can mobilize businesses and create strong alliances with parents and students and with teachers and create and foster that unity, the kindness, the support, the lifting each other up during these uncertain times so when we step back we can say, you know what, we did this and we made it work.
4: This is Tiffany Um, and the one piece of advice that I would offer is um, to operate from a state of optimistic realism um, recognizing that Optimism is rooted in truth and reality. So, you know, tell yourself the truth, acknowledge the reality of the situation, and then making make a plan that accounts for that reality. And if we're all doing that, you know, I feel like um, Melissa has been really great with expressing um, optimism about um, the, the situation, and we all as educators are doing the best we can Um, with lots of different variables out there and supporting each other and operating in that state of um, optimistic realism is important. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that advice and participating in this discussion. I just want to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of people on this call are located in the United States. However, um, we're not alone in this globally. So I would like to give a shout-out to the Joy of Learning podcast. They share a lot of discussion about daily lives and learning, but that edu- the person who runs that podcast is an educator who teaches in Germany. So um, just think about our international family during this time, and thank you for listening to Reminisce, the Empower podcast.